Playback, the podcast about what's hot and trending in music right now. I am singer-songwriter Nina Blue. And I am singer-songwriter-producer Jay Zander. Jay, it is that time of the year when Christmas music is everywhere. Michael Buble will not shut up. He can't be stopped right now. Neither can Mariah Carey. However, she's not number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Did you see that? Yes. Just a real quick glance at which songs, which Christmas songs, have made the Billboard Hot 100. Number 10 is It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Andy Williams, debatable. Number 9 is Snares, SZA, so that's hanging on. Number 8 is Paint the Town Red, Doja Cat. Number 7 is Cruel Summer, Taylor Swift. And can I just say, it's really hilarious to see the title Cruel Summer in the midst in of winter. the Christmas songs. Yeah. I can't stop laughing about it. Irony. It's great. Number six is A Fully Jolly Christmas, Bro Ives. Number five is The Last Christmas by Wham. Number four is Jingle Bell Rock, Bobby Helms. Number three is Loving on Me, Jack Harlow. Number two is All I Want for Christmas is You, Mariah Carey. And number one is Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, Brenda Lee, who is 78 years old. And I love that for her. It's amazing. Can you imagine being on on the top of the charts this time of year? That's that's pretty impressive. A song that came out in the sixties, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be incredible. I mean, way to go. Good for her. She made all her money um in sing shit. In addition to those good old radio royalties, what they used to be. Wow. That's amazing. All right, Jay, looking at the Hot 100, did any of those make your nice or naughty list for the best or worst Christmas songs? No. None of mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think... Oh, wait, yes, yes, actually. Yeah. I forgot. Okay, so I was listening to another podcast one time, and this person was talking about Christmas music. It was they were doing like a rant about it mm-hmm. and they identified themselves as Jewish and they said, so I feel like I have a unique perspective as like a third party listener. And they determined that if a song accidentally came up on shuffle during a party in July and everyone kind of laughed it off, then it's a good Christmas. They said some songs, though, if they came on in July, you would hold down the person and beat them and their example was frosty snowman and i will forever think that that is the best way to gauge good christmas music it's whether you could listen to it another time of year if it slaps year round it's a good christmas song (laughs) yeah or a good holiday song i should say because yeah that's true it's true so uh we're going to start with our naughty list because that's a little bit more fun and we want to end on a high note because tis the season right and we have five worst, and we'll get into five best. Jay, what was your fifth worst Christmas song? Right. So I'm about to probably make a lot of people mad with this one, but it's just this is this is a song that gets played for laughs, but for me has just like never been funny. I just don't understand the joke. I don't understand the kitschiness of it all. But my number five on the naughty list is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. That made my dishonorable mentions list. Oh, yeah. It's just, again, it's like, it. it's not, it's got maybe one hook in the whole thing. I think the song is super long, too, right? Isn't it like four minutes or something like that? It's really long. It goes it's on. The whole thing. And it's basically about a funeral. Yeah, it goes on for ever. And I feel like if you're going to be funny, you need to just keep it short and sweet. You know what I mean? And I just, I don't get it. I don't get the joke behind it. It's just never been, it's, for me, when it comes on the radio or like a shuffle, anything, it's like an immediate skip for me. I'm sorry. My family and I, we have um, a really great inside joke about that Mm -hmm. song. And so I don't tolerate that song, but every once in a while when it comes on, we will sing the inside joke to each other. And... uh, and so my step-grandmother also hated that song. And she, we were in a parking lot and she almost got run over. I had to pull her out of the way and it was Christmas time. So we started a new adaptation of that song. 
And my mom and I were almost like on the floor of the parking lot. Meanwhile, my grandma, my step grandmother's dealing with like almost run over. Oh my gosh! Looking back, not not our nicest moment. That would have put us on the naughty list, but it was really funny, and everyone saw we do sing that to each other as a joke. Wow, I know. But yeah, I don't know anyone outside of maybe like twelve-year-old boys who actually liked this song. Yeah, and as think. much as you have to have a bit of a morbid sense of humor to survive in a Latina family, it's a little dark. It's a little dark for this time of year. Mm-hmm. All right, so my number five, because I have never heard a non-annoying rendition of this song, is Jingle Bells. Not on my list, but I see where you're... That would probably be on my honorable as well. Your dishonorable Dishonorable, dishonorable. yeah. <laughs> No, this song is so annoying. It's not relevant. The lyrics are not relevant. Who's going for a sleigh ride? No one anymore. Like, it's, I don't, I don't know. It just annoys me. The only time that it's appropriate is for like an elementary Christmas school concert. That is it. With a bunch of children singing it. The only reason why it sounds good is because if you're at an elementary school Christmas concert, there's an elementary school child singing it that you love. And that's the only reason why you're enjoying this performance. Right. And even then, there's like hundreds of other better songs that they could have done. So yeah. even even in that context, it's like n- still not a good song. So I see yeah. what you're saying. I've heard it translated in different languages, too, because it's an easy one to translate due to the rhythm um, into certain languages. And while that's very nice, still, it's very annoying. Yeah. I just don't like this song. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. That's. That's deserving of being on the naughty list. All right, Jay, what's number four for you? So this is, um, I'm just going to say my number four is going to be Baby, It's Cold Outside. And it's for similar reasons of like, I've just never heard a version of this song that I like. And I know that like, there's a lot of controversy around it. And in all honesty, it's, you know, for me, I kind of sort of see it, but it's more so for me, like the song itself just doesn't work. It just goes on for way too long. It's not particularly catchy. And I don't really know why it's survived or been been around as long as it has been. I feel like the controversy is what kept it more alive. And yeah. even when, uh, you know, even when people are discussing that part of it, I, I think Zoe Deschanel and some other guy released a version of it where it was kind of the other way around. And in some ways, that one felt even creepier to me. So I'm not really sure, you know, what it is about that song that just like gives you the egg. Yeah, it just it doesn't work for me at all. I'm sorry to anybody who likes it. I don't mind this song. And the controversy didn't make sense to me because I was like, why would you write such a creepy song? I always took it as she's like being coquettish and she's afraid of being slut shaped. Like what she's worried about is what other people will think. That's the excuse that she keeps making. She's not, no, I don't want to. Yeah. She at no point says that. She's making excuses. She's more worried about like what her brother's going to think or what her sister says or what her aunt says. Mm -hmm. And so that to me was more about like, shaming a woman for staying over as opposed to like her not wanting to be there so i i guess i see the controversy it feels a little bit invented to me because like no one's gonna write the creepy of a song on purpose right right it it doesn't probably not yeah not if they want it to be commercially viable which for like christmas music that's the whole point right yeah so yeah i definitely but that's another one that's i have like some songs on here that uh, I feel like it's not a bad song, but it's difficult to get it right. And that's one of those, mm. like, you have to have two really specific voices to get it right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So my number four is Deck the Halls. Not, I hate this song. It's not on my None list. Of the lyrics make sense to modern listeners, so I don't know why it hasn't just died out. Like, I don't, like you said about baby it's cold outside i don't know how this has survived yeah the hook is annoying as shit so much so that it's a joke and not nothing nothing makes sense no one's like deck the halls with bells of holly oh let me get the bells of holly out of the closet no one speaks like that anymore 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the songs that come across as like nursery rhymes. Like this one in Jingle Bells for me feel more like nursery rhymes than like actual legitimate songs. Yeah. To the point where like I didn't put them on my list really because again, they didn't, it, that almost felt like cheating in a way. I'm like, this, this isn't a real song. I can't do that. But I mean, you're, you're totally valid. That's just like how I feel about those songs in general. But yeah, you're totally yeah. right. It's I like, feel like you can fall off fuck right off with this one. <laughs> Thank you. Fall off fuck yourself with this. Oh, fall off yourself. Bruh. This is one that you like hear Carolers start with and you walk the other direction. This is the reason. Songs like this is the reason that people hate Carolers. True. That is true. All right, Jay, what's your number three? So my number three is for similar reasons to Baby It's Cold Outside where I've just like never heard a version of it that I like is Last Christmas by insert whoever has ever covered it here. It's just such a campy and like annoying song to me. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like just as soon as I hear this song, I immediately just groan. I immediately groan and I want to change or, you know, get rid of whatever it is that's playing the song because it just something about it is so ingrained with commercialism and i know that i know that's a lot of christmas music out there but i just feel like this one in particular is so so embedded in just like the worst parts of christmas for me yeah it's just like very shallow is what this song feels like to me so i never really listened to the song like that in depth until my friends threw a Christmas party and they made everybody do Christmas karaoke. So I looked at a friend of mine and I was like, hey, let's sing Last Christmas together. And she's like, oh yeah, I love that song. And that's one that you're like, okay, I kind of like that song. As I was singing it and like reading the lyrics and singing karaoke, I was like, holy shit, this song sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. this is really depressing. This is so defeatist. Like, I don't know. I'm also not a big fan of that. Yeah, and it also doesn't really, it starts with the chorus, right? And the chorus yeah. is like super long. It's basically, it basically repeats its chorus without really changing anything. So first of all, I feel like that's a little lazy. because Yeah, they told the whole story in the chorus. Yeah, and they never really elaborate that much more on it. Like there's literally, have you heard Ariana Grande's version of this? No. She basically changes around the verses. And it doesn't feel any different. So it's like, it's a song that has no, it like our previous director, Bonnie. Yeah, what Bonnie always says is that it's, what all, what does she say? All frosting, no cake. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, that's exactly what the song is. I love that phrase, all frosting, no cake. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my number three is Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Holmes. Oh, I fucking hate this song. It's not on my <laughs> list. This song. Yeah, but this song yeah, is so overplayed. It makes me want to punch someone. Genuinely, my little sister, I think she had like a toy that played this when we were younger. She's seven years younger than me, and she hit that button over and over and over again. And then I would just hear it. And I think in theory it's a good song, but I fucking hate it because it's so overplayed. And one time, like, so I was living in a sorority house in college. And someone put it on the intercom system and put it on repeat as like a prank. And I was like, who did this? I will kill you. I will find you. I will murder you. Like, it was it was awful. It's, I can't. As soon as I hear the opening guitar riff, like, get me as far away from this as possible. The song is so weird to me because it's like, it it feels like it was trying, like, probably when I came out or whatever, to it was trying really hard to be like hip and modern but now people perceive that song as the opposite it sounds so old-timey and so dated that it ironically i think kind of became what it was trying to get away from yeah so i think the sum of my list is nina just doesn't like jingle bells (laughs) old new borrowed blue get it out of here we don't want it nina said fuck them bells y'all she said Fuck them bells. Should we put Jingle Bells on this track? No. No. Never ask me that. Maybe. 
Okay. So, Jay, what's your number two? My number two is Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. And I'm just going to say it. I'm, honestly, fuck this song. This song is so unintentionally racist that it actually just pisses me off so much. It just, this song feels like we are the world if it was just the white people. Which means that it's, you know, basically all of the bad parts, essentially. That's what this song is. That is the best thing I've ever heard. Do best you, analysis ever. Do you, um, did you see the version of it on Glee? No, but of course Glee did it. So, for context, they sang the song to in a homeless shelter. It, it it just comes across as like so condescending and just fucked up. I'm like, you, you're singing this to like the worst group, probably the second worst group of people that you could sing this to. So in just any context that I've seen it in. Besides like a refugee camp, the per, worst group. Precisely, <laughs> precisely that. So I'm like, this is, yeah, I've just never liked this song. I... There, it's not catchy, in my opinion. I again, I think I actually think this song, unlike "Baby, It's Cold Outside," is offensive. So, yeah, fuck this song. I can count on one hand the number of times I've heard that song. Like, I, it's just lucky you never hear it. And so, I it didn't even come to mind, but I probably would have come to a similar conclusion because it was. So, I looked up a few Christmas songs to make sure that like I didn't miss anything. Yeah. Any that I like really, really hated, right? That's because I knew my top five that I liked pretty well. And that was on the list. And I was like, I don't remember this song. And then I listened to the first like 20 seconds and I was like, I have better things to do. Yeah. I mean, even even if I'm just looking at the context of like the song itself, it's just it drags on so much. It's not very catchy. It's. I mean, I, I can't really say anything good about it. No. Um, I think the label pushed it because they wanted a Christmas hit that year, back when they used to do things like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. All right. So my number two, which I find offensive in a different way, is I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Okay. It's not on my list, but it, yeah, I it's an annoying song. I agree. <laughs> it's a super annoying song. This is like early Jackson 5, right? And um, first of all, what the fuck? This child is like clearly distressed. And it's kind of like one of those like walk in on the parents jokes that isn't really funny. And it's kind of like, ha ha, we lie to children. Isn't that hilarious? When you put it in, when you phrase it that way, like a walking in on your parents moment that makes it so much worse honestly now that i think it about is, it it's gross. that's so weird so that means that somebody actually intentionally sat down probably with a pen in hand and thought you know what would make a really good christmas song is if the, a song, the mom is making it with the dad because yeah. they're about to get it on but dad's still dressed as santa oh it's gross. It's so gross in principle, in concept, all of it. Like, it's so bothersome. And the fact that people think it's like a cute children's song is super gross. Why would you write a song about a child walking in on their parents? Yeah, I mean, like, I... I get what the joke is. No one explained to me the joke. Nobody explained the joke to me in comments. I'm telling you, the joke is not funny. Yeah, I agree. When you put it that way, it's like... I'm kind of, I kind of am weirded out by like the process that came to that, but it's it, no. Okay. Like it gets somewhat of a pass because it was the seventies, but also no, no, it doesn't. The fact that it's still played is what really bothers me. Yeah. Cause I heard it like, I don't think it was in a commercial or something, but I think I heard it in like the background <laughs> of some movie or something. And I was like, no, why? This is a terrible song. Mm hmm. Because even if we're just looking at it on a, the context of like a song, it doesn't even work there, right? No. Anyway, are you ready for your number one naughty list worst Christmas song? No, but let's just get it over with. So, my number one, I was going to have this at number two because I hate 
do they know it's Christmas so much? But eventually, I kept hearing the song and it was actually pissing me off so much that I just decided it has to be number one. So my number one is going to be Christmas Shoes by New Song because this song is is almost everything that I hate about songwriting in general in that it is trying so hard to be deep and tell like a moving story that it ends up being super manipulative, shallow, and just... It makes you feel like shit for hearing this song. This is this is like one of those infomercials where they show you like the most graphic images of people suffering in different countries and expect you to like feel bad and pay money towards it just in the form of a song. That's the closest yeah. thing that I can compare it to. And just there's... I feel gross listening to this song honestly it feels very it honestly it feels evil like i don't know a different way to describe it it just feels so contrived and manipulative and yeah i hate this song that's another one that i can count on one hand the number of times i've heard it that's like i just i never hear it but you're right it's horrid and and i guess that's why i never hear it i can't believe that you've heard it so much that it made your number one yeah for sure but yeah that is something to be wary of we talked about this a little bit last episode but songwriters sometimes you're so focused on telling a story and trying to make it moving that you actually wind up doing the opposite um like i remember i had we had several classmates yeah i felt this way like a couple of times where i'm like oh you just you just missed the mark on this like it's yeah, you have to write from a place of authenticity when you're trying to to tell those stories and 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 relate to the human aspect of it. That's what's most important. Yeah, and for anybody that doesn't know what the song is about, it's essentially this kid is trying to buy a pair of shoes for his mom who's dying of cancer, and he just wants to get her like a special gift to look good for Jesus when she dies, right? But the problem with the well, okay that's already like a messed up convoluted concept right but the worst thing about it is just that it is so it is such a specific instance or like occurrence that n- i cannot imagine how anyone can listen to this song and like relate to it so it's already it puts you it, it kind of forces you to put your guards up while you're listening to this right yeah you're like, okay, is this song going to make me feel bad about myself the, for the rest of the runtime? Because it's a, a long fucking song. I think it's almost like five minutes. Oh, God, even worse. Yeah. Uh, you know what that reminds me of? There was that short story or whatever about the couple that didn't have any money. And so she cut her hair and sold it to buy him like a chain for his pocket watch. And he sold his pocket watch to buy her a gold comb. Oh. So they wound up with nothing. Do you remember that from like high school? I think, yes. And I think they do a parody of it with like Mickey and Minnie Mouse in <laughs> one of like their Christmas movies. That's a terrible story. Yeah. Why so much into a holiday that you wind up with nothing at the end is really what that's about. It's not about the Christmas spirit. Or I don't take it that way. Yeah. Cause even, even if you're looking at just like common sense in terms of like, what a Christmas song is supposed to do, that song doesn't work in that context either. Because it's saying that instead of this kid spending time with his mom who's dying of cancer, his concern is buying her these fucking pairs of shoes. Are you kidding me? It's awful. It's just... What What was the songwriter thinking? Like, I just don't understand the thought process behind that. Maybe, maybe they'll reach out and we can do an episode where they defend themselves. Please, I'd I'd like to hear. Okay, are you ready for my number one worst Christmas song? No, but what is it? Okay, I don't know what specific trauma I have associated with the song, but I cannot listen to it. And I actually went to listen to it so I could try and find what makes me crazy about it. And I had to do it with a glass of wine in hand and like deep breathing because I hate this song so much. It is Little Drummer Boy. I hate this. Oh, uh, yeah. The non-lyric hook is too repetitive, and the rhythm always feels so slow because the melodic rhythm is so slow. And then it doesn't go anywhere, 
what I hate most about it is that it's a verse refrain song and the refrain is like we all know it. Yeah. Um, there's no real B section. So it doesn't depart anywhere. It just keeps doing the same thing over and over. And I think I was like stuck in the car one Christmas and it was on the radio like a bunch of times. And I, I think I'm just I'm traumatized for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's interesting where like, you know, music back then could get away with doing just because I'm pretty sure the song form is just like A-A-A on mm-hmm. work, right? So there is, oh, I'll talk about an example later on my best list that is kind of like that, that makes it work. But with this kind of song, I don't think that, I don't know that that's possible. Um, but yeah, this is another one that has like a lot of verses to it also. And, and just it's go not on forever. that long, which is, it's only saying grace. But yeah, it's just a bunch of verses. And then this one, like, non-lyric. And I'm sorry, the concept makes me crazy. Because yes, it's baby Jesus. And this little boy wants to play his drum for baby Jesus. But in what world do you want a child playing drums around a newborn? Do you want a screaming newborn? I don't know. What? Why? How did you get to that instrument? Like, the concept of it alone bothers me. I want to play drums for a newborn baby. Go play over there. Wow. No other situation would you be like, drums, newborn? Yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. No, I guess this kid just wanted to celebrate Jesus with whatever he had. So Nina went from... (laughs) soon it's all that he has and he wants to give it to baby jesus but oh my god like it's it's a terrible song in terms of song form in terms of composite just all start to finish i hate it i hate this song do not ever play it around me i actually carry headphones with me most of the time but like especially during christmas if i'm ever in a public situation where i just like can't handle any more christmas music because they've just been playing flop after flop Noise-canceling headphones. Those those new AirPods, man. They That's come, a Christmas gift. They That's a great handy. gift to not have to listen to bad Christmas music. Yep. All right, so we went from fuck them bells to fuck them kids. All, all, in, Nina's, all in Nina's list. We've come, we've, we've taken a long journey. <laughs> fuck them drums, but yeah. And who gives a drum to? Anyway. Um, so I have dishonorable mentions, do you? Not really, but let's hear yours. Okay. Um, Blue Christmas, Elvis Presley. I also hate this song. Oh, really? I really don't like it. It's I. It's not my favorite Elvis. And I feel like it's just been overdone in Christmas movies. Yeah. Yeah. There are other sad songs out there. Um, I hate the 12 Days of Christmas because I had to sing it so much. In I hate choir. that song, too. Mm-hmm. And none of it makes sense. Just, I understand the interpretation. I get it, but it's not. It's not good. Um, and then my final dishonorable mention is "Oh Holy Night," specifically the one where Carrie Underwood yells at me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really a big fan of like when pop singers will take a song like that and just kind of sing over the song. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of just feel like disrespectful isn't the right word to say because that's like too serious. But it's just like there's some cases where you want to let the song itself do the heavy lifting. If that makes sense. This is one of those songs that can do it. Yeah. And it's a difficult song. It's a good song. I believe that this is actually a good song. It's just a difficult one to get right because it is so oversung so often. Mm hmm. Like, if you're screaming at me to fall on my knees, like, that's, you're completely missing the point. Like, it's just, no, like, I don't know. And so, those big belty moments and stuff, it, it kind of makes me nuts. I think it's done best with a choir, genuinely. Mm-hmm. And, like, a really good lead. I don't, I don't think it's one for the pop songs. Yeah, I agree. All right, Jay. Are you ready to, um... Uh... To switch to our nice list? Yeah, because I'm tired of 
talking about these horrible ass songs. So please, let's move. It was it was a, a little fun to roast them like chestnuts roasting on an open fire, but I'm. S- Boo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's if you're gonna make a joke like that, it's this is the time of year. So this is this is the time for that terrible terrible pun. Okay, I'll allow it. So Jay, what is your fifth favorite Christmas? Okay, and just to give context, um. My list was mostly for people that hate Christmas music and are looking for something that's a little bit either more intriguing than your standard like jingle sounding thing or something that, you know, takes an old concept and does something new with it. So my number five for best is a song called Noel by it's sung by Lauren Daigle and it's written by Chris Tomlinson. And I really like this song because it is a good example of the well we were just talking about how you know a singer will sometimes sing over a song but sometimes it is appropriate and in this particular song like the lead singer or character in the story is literally kind of yelling for noel to get his ass up the hill and see what's happened um in this situation and i think it makes perfect sense for lauren daigle to do that here and of course she She's always going to serve you vocals, the house down. So, you know, for me, that that's always I can always appreciate that about a song, even if I don't like the song, which I do in this case, the vocal can save it for me sometimes. So, yeah, this is a great one. That's a good point. The vocal can save it sometimes. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I actually haven't heard that song, so I'm going to add it to my playlist and we'll we'll see. So my number five is a lot of people's number one but we gotta give mariah carey her flowers it is all i want for christmas is you every time i think i'm over this song that i'm annoyed by it i hear it and i'm not it's so good it really is it's well written it's a good song and then this is another one she just sings it through the roof but it's mariah carey so who gives a shit yeah and this is one too that i think what really works well for that song is I think that it, it it's funny because it's so well known as like it's like the most well-known Christmas song ever probably at this point but I think originally when it came out its concept is was like a cute little spin right like I don't yeah. want material things I want this person and like that's the really charming sentiment regardless of how you feel about the song if you think it's overplayed or whatever I think yeah. that its concept at its core really works it was it was really unique that's such a good point because that in the verses she's listing all of the things that she loves about christmas that she will give up in order to have this person for christmas which is very sweet and really very adorable um and and it's done really well and yeah it was a great modern twist and now it's become like the quintessential christmas i'm kind of over everyone like I don't know. The announcement video that Mariah Carey put out was camp. It really was. Um, I can't decide whether I love it or I hate it, which is why I feel so many. Yeah. With like big pop moments like this where it, it is just like so corny, but it's also so funny. Um, but yeah, it'll be number one probably next week or the week after. And uh, and good for her. Good for her for having this mega hit. Mm-hmm. all right jay what is your number four so my number four is gonna be that's funny that we were just talking about something that um takes a concept and flips it but it's gonna be um a song called a strange way to save the world specifically the rascal flats version because once rascal flats covers your song that's that's the only version that matters at that point Again, that vocal is going to serve every single time. Um, oh, yeah. This song is interesting because it tells the nativity story specifically from Joseph's perspective. And I think that's an interesting take because I feel like a lot of people, when they talk about him in that situation, they do it in a way that's like really condescending. They're like, oh, this idiot, you just went along and believed this story. But 
in the context of this song, they paint him as like a really sympathetic character that you can relate to and that he's wondering why did all of this actually have to happen in order to fix how messed up the world is right now? This none of this makes sense. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm just a person. I can't argue with the powers that be. And I yeah. think that's a little bit I think that's why the song works for me is because at the end of the day, it does make you relate to the character. I was about to say, like, this song makes that relatable. How many times have we been like, I'm just a person doing my best? That That's right? exactly and what it those is. Are, yeah. Those are the real heroes in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just a person doing my best every day. And that does make the Christmas story is so relatable because what's more likely to happen to you that you have an angel come down and tell you that you're destined to give birth to the savior of the world or you're you're along for the ride the right thing yeah (laughs) and no one day you're fleeing to Egypt and like all this stuff man Joseph's a real hero I agree good for him all right so my number four we weren't getting out of this list without a Dolly Parton song is for a candy Christmas. I don't even know this song. This is one of this is one of my favorite songs probably of all time. I am a sucker for sad Christmas songs. I absolutely am. The holidays can be a really lonely time for people, and I think that deserves acknowledging. Um, and this song is you're not sure what's happened to her. You think maybe it's a breakup, something tragic has happened. And she's singing about the things that she might do to make herself feel better. And the hook is, I'll be fine and dandy. Lord, it's like a hard candy Christmas. I'm barely getting through tomorrow, but I won't let sorrow bring me way down. It's such a nice sentiment, especially like, I'm not really a Christmas person. I've never really been a Christmas person. Um, I'm someone who had something really tragic happen the week before Christmas. My, My brother died when I was really young. And so I've always kind of had a chip on my shoulder about it. And people have either been really kind about it or people have been like, well, that's not the holiday's fault. So you need to get over it. And it's like, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, but it's a lot of days where I don't feel like going out and celebrating Christmas. Some days I do, some days I don't. Um, but around Christmas time, there, there have been people like, who have just been through a breakup or they've been sick or they're experiencing their first Christmas without a loved one and reach out to that person if you know them like I think sad Christmas songs are either relatable or they should serve as a reminder to like reach out to someone text them take them to lunch something like that and that's really that's really the best thing you can do around this is be there for yeah I definitely agree. It's it's just like, I, I really hate that attitude of just like, oh, well, you need to get over it. And it's like, you can't get over certain memories that are just going to happen during certain time of the year. It, there's a reason why people feel, you know, seasonal depression is very much a thing. Um, and any, even too. Yeah, even if it's not just that, it's like something as simple as uh, Christmas by yourself or like you said without a loved one um for the first time and that can be that can feel weird yeah it's awful yeah it's genuinely awful and um and it was never like meant to be mean but it was kind of like yeah yeah it was always kind of like uh well you should have fun anyway because we're having fun and it's like i'm telling you like i'm leaving the party early because i just i'm not feeling it and like don't don't make someone feel bad for that i don't know but i think that's why sad christmas songs can should and do exist is to remind us that like sometimes for some people it's a really hard time of year and sometimes it's a really complex time of year yeah you can feel happy and sad at the same time that's what pixar told us (laughs) yeah all right, Jay, what is your number three favorite Christmas? So my number three is going to be Mary, Did You Know? Specifically, Pentatonic's version of the song. Um, Because I'll be honest, I'm not like the biggest fan of the song itself, but I feel like they really took this idea that's kind of simple and they brought it to new heights with their vocal arrangement. And they really... 
do a good job of I don't know. This, this song starts off very much by like question having her question all of these things, and the way that they've arranged it, it it feels like everything that they're describing is kind of coming to fruition, right? Now it feels like the chain of events that is about to happen is actually as epic as they the song itself is describing. So, yeah, that's why I like the song. That's such a good rendition of that song too, because a lot of mm-hmm. times they can be a little too like dirgy like they just kind of it just slows down so much and it's not it doesn't it doesn't feel like it moves really well but pentatonics did it great it moves really nicely you're right like the concept evolves and it's funny that it feels that it's the same song it's the same lyrics the same melody but it just feels very different the way that they arranged it and that's part of the the brilliance of arrangement Mm mm-hmm these are things to consider if you're if you're trying to put a new twist on a cover or something. Yeah. And by the way, to artists out there, I don't know if you got this message from Symphonic Distribution today, Nina, but one thing that they were saying is that it's like super easy to just go ahead and make a cover of a holiday song right now because you don't have to pay for any of it, you know? So, but if you're going to do that, I really feel like you should do it find a way to put your own artistic spin on these classics so that it feels different and new. I have a really good example later on in my list that I'll talk about, but yeah, keep that in keep that in mind, artists. And we keep saying the best way to make money is with sync placements because it's true and yes. Christmas covers, they get sync placements. Holiday movies. Think about how many Hallmark movies come out every year, and they might not have the budget for the original rendition, but they might have the budget for yours. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't don't count it out. One thing I learned from one of our teachers, Scarlett, is that you should always have like a really sad, like overly dramatically sad version of a song that might be like up tempo or whatever for that same reason. That's, it's easy to get singed. I oh, I didn't. Did she say that in class? Because I don't remember that. No, I think she said that on her podcast. I think she said that on either her podcast or like one of the meetings that she does for like her podcast members. I have thought that before, and that makes me feel justified that Scarlett said something. Yeah, because I've always thought that I'm like, wow, the really slow, sad versions like do well in sync. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I, I have yet to attempt it, though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. same. I haven't either yet. Maybe someday. All right. So my number three is Run, Rudolph, Run by Chuck Berry. This is one oh, of fun. those classics that it comes on and it makes me smile every time I hear it. Like, it's such a great... It, this is also a song that's a great twist on a classic Christmas figure. And it's a much nicer twist on Rudolph as opposed to Rudolph the sad, bullied, verbally abused, red-nosed reindeer who is only accepted when he's proved himself to be useful. Because that song makes me crazy. That is not a good lesson for kids that he was bullied. Yeah, you have to prove yourself. To partake in reindeer society because he was different. And I get like that his difference is what makes him, you know, it makes him useful at the end. Instead of them coming together and accepting him. That makes me kind of nuts. But Run Rudolph Run is so catchy. The guitar riff is great. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a classic. I love it. I'm not too familiar with the song. But I'll check it out. Because that does sound like a, a nicer. Because I, I don't like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. For like the same reasons. I'm, I've always heard it and thought. Wow these so the reindeers are assholes. Yeah. Jeez. The premise of the song is that Rudolph is with Santa and he's the fastest reindeer. And so a little kid will say like, oh, I want a guitar for Christmas. And Rudolph like flies. So run, Rudolph, run. He flies and he goes and he finds it. He brings it back to the little kid. So he's the hero of this song. And not just for being useful, but because like he's actually good at his job. So imagine that I like it. I like it. Not just because it was a foggy Christmas, because he's good at it. Yeah. (laughs) It makes me nuts. What are we teaching kids? And then watch, like, she's going to listen to this and be like, I don't agree with that at all. She's like, she'll probably be like, you're thinking about it too much, but I mean. Way too much. Way too hard. That's our job. 
damn it. We're here to <laughs> we're here to analyze these saws and tear them to pieces. No, I'm just I have a master's degree in what boils down to overthink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Jay, what is your number two, your second favorite Christmas song? Yeah, so my number two is going to be a specific version of a classic, which is Do You Hear What I Hear, specifically Linda Edder's version of the song. And if you've never heard this version of this, I'm sure most people have heard some rendition of Do You Hear What I Hear. But this specific one, it's so interesting to me because it feels like if... so. Linda Edder's like a big Broadway singer, right? That's kind of how she got her start. But this particular song, it feels like it's done by the cast of The Lion King featuring Celine Dion. And what I think is so interesting and good about this song is that the arrangement is really rich and it's really interesting. You don't hear a lot of Christmas songs like this. But in her vocal performance, she does a really good job of saving her voice up until like the really big parts of the song she really brings this idea of you know hearing the sound into fruition by the end of it where she's like belting her face off with the rest of the choir and honestly this is going back to your point earlier Nina when you said like choirs will really sometimes make a difference with a song like Oh Holy Night this one here it takes it from like I don't know. It feels like when restaurants do like a really fancy take on a traditional dish. It's like, you know, you can make mac and cheese, but you're not going to come up with the mac and cheese that like Gordon Ramsay makes. That's what this like truffle oil and lobster. Yeah, with all that fancy shit. That's what this song feels like to me. It's just like the most elevated version of this song possible. So if you haven't heard it, which I don't think a lot of people have because it's I don't think it's very well known. Go check it out. I think it is a fantastic cover of the song. Okay, that's another song that I think I'm traumatized by choir with because we had to sing it. Oh, my God. I think I sang it like five years in a row as a kid. And so it's not my favorite, but I mean, the second you say Celine Dion in the cast of The Lion King, I'm in. I'm game. Yeah. try it. I think you would like this version. I'll give it another chance. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, so my number two is What Christmas Means to Me, Stevie Wonder. I love this song. This song is so... It's Stevie Wonder. It's Christmas. What more do you need? It's also just great songwriting. Because if you look at traditional Christmas songs, a lot of them are verse-refrain. And this one is too. It's got a great B section. But the refrain is so big that it feels like a chorus on it. That's what Christmas means to me, my love. Like, that is the refrain line. And it's great. I mean, this is it. It's how it's done. Some Christmas songs, I feel like, are way too repetitive. This one is just the right amount. It's very singable. And it's it's so fun. Every time the song comes on, like, you can't not have fun to it. Mm-hmm. It's a Stevie Wonder Christmas song. How can you not like it? Right. He's going to eat every time. Every time. Not a crumb because it's Stevie Wonder. All right, Jay. Are you ready for the number one on your nice list? Yeah. Speaking of somebody who eats every time, um, I am going with another classic that's sung by Annie Lennox from Eurythmics. And I'm going to go with her version of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen because it, it, it's not... It, I don't know that this is my favorite Christmas song ever, but it's the one that I never get tired of listening to because this arrangement is so weird it's so different compared to like what you would expect and she takes it she makes the song all her own it by making it kind of this very like spooky midsummer feeling thing and she just completely puts her own stamp on it and that's what i was talking about earlier if you're gonna do a cover you need to put your spin as an artist on it. Absolutely. This is like, this song could work for Halloween too. It's so like creepy and in between. And every single time that I listen to it, I hear something new about it, like a new harmony or like a new instrumental part. And this song makes me want to like go do rituals in the forest while twerking at the same time. It is spectacular. And 
it, it is one of those songs too with like little drummer boy where the melody is essentially the same thing the entire time but because every single section is arranged so differently it feels like a real like legitimate song with a bridge and intro and everything so yeah that's definitely my number one pick that is a great number one pick i love i love the spooky vibe of it I would die for that woman. She does it every time. And you brought up a really interesting point about like over singing versus it fitting your brand. And I think yeah, that's what singers need to focus on when covering a song is, first of all, how to make it work for your brand. And secondly, how to serve the song instead of just how do I show off because I know that I sing this well, right? Or like, oh, this will work really well with my voice. Let me like do all these acrobatics and stuff. And I used to think that way too. And then I, I'm very much about like serve the song, tell the story, but definitely fit it into your brand. And and she nailed it. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Are you ready for my number one favorite Christmas song? Yep. Let's do it. This is a newer one, and it's Santa Tell Me, Ariana Grande. Ariana. Yeah, I it's a fun one. Love this song. Um, it's just good songwriting. The melodies are great. Section contour is super good and it's catchy as hell. And it's kind of a cuter, happier retelling of last Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's like she took it and she was like, how do I make this actually fun? And it's safe to tell me like, will he be here next year? Drag last Christmas. I don't want to fall in love again if if he won't be here next year. So it's, it's a sweet song. It's super cute. And it's it's done really well. It's a pretty simple pop song, but you don't want too much with it. Like it's it's adorable. It's a cute song. Yeah, I I actually appreciate the simplicity in this one for for her specifically because I feel like sometimes, um, not just her, but like a lot of R and B artists when they do songs like this in general, will just put in like a bunch of unnecessary riffs and whatnot. And this one has like it feels like it has like just the right amount. Yeah. Yep. And it's still really accessible to listeners. If you want to sing along to it, it's fun to sing along to. So it's just, it's good songwriting. It fits the moment, which is writing a Christmas song. And I mean, it's a textbook case in how to write a Christmas song if you want to write something new for the holidays. Awesome. Right. I had a few honorable mentions. Um, I will just say, that Casey Musgraves, a very Casey Christmas album. The whole album. The whole album is actually like one of the few things that I can listen to on repeat during the holidays. Cause I think Christmas music just wears on me. Like it's so yeah. and at some point I want to hear something else. But Casey, she covers the songs well. It fits her brand and she serves the song. She has a few originals on the album too. My favorite is specifically Have a Willie Nice Christmas featuring Willie Nelson. And the end of the chorus is maybe I'll get higher than the angel at the top of the tree. <laughs> and as a central Texans girly, I appreciate the hell out of it. So good for Casey. Yeah, I, I do like a lot of her Christmas stuff as well. My family actually gets annoyed because they're like, turn on some Christmas music. And that's my first. And they're like, OK, something, something, something else. Something else. Yeah. And then I switched to the Dolly Parton, Kenny Fletcher's Christmas. Moral of the story is don't ask me to play Christmas music. Yeah. Another artist who I kind of feel similar about is Sarah McLaughlin's two Christmas albums. All her mm-hmm. stuff is really well made. And again, she's one that like doesn't... If you're looking for like a, versions of those like traditional Christmas songs where you don't have somebody like yelling at you, or like riffing all over your face that I think that that's a really good alternative. I think I do get exhausted a little bit with that because at some point I'm like, when is the song going to continue? When is it going to move? Like, let's, let's get past this. Like, let's yeah. keep going. Um, Cause at some point it's just an onslaught and I, I yeah. get really exhausted with it. Cause I'm like, at what point are you singing the song versus just like showing I don't, off? I don't, yeah, showing off or um, making it last too damn long. And there's there's my two cents on it. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Filthy animals. Yeah. Another one I, I would like to put on, like, honorable mention is 
I didn't have I didn't put it on my list because I didn't have like a specific version of it. But like any version of Joy to the World usually puts a smile on my face mm-hmm. because it, it's it's like a it's like a good Christmas song that doesn't feel it doesn't feel too commercially to me, and yeah. it also doesn't drag on too long like some other Christmas like yeah songs. One of the songs from choir that I'm still not tired of, which is amazing and a miracle, is actually Carol of the Bells. Oh, yeah. Because there are enough renditions of it that you never hear the same one twice. And it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting, interesting song. Yeah. That song, honestly, it always hit, too. It it's just like it there's, there's not a bad version of it just because it's so well known. Yeah, so I don't hate all bells, as it turns out. <laughs> just the jingle ones. Just the ones that... Just those. Some bells are okay. But yeah, I remember singing that song, and um, that always marked, I think, the end of our like Christmas portion, and then we went into um, Handel's Messiah, which... Oh boy. I don't have nightmares about that, ever. Promise. Uh, that's one that like people always try to yell because it's so high in choir and in, in like high school choir, you know, in in my experience. Oh yeah, um, we always had really pretty good soloists. It's just it was so stressful putting it on, and you're in choir rehearsals for like four hours learning this really traditional music when it's also finals week. Mm-hmm. So very stressful. It yeah. was a very stressful time as a teenager. But and I came out alive. Yeah, it's funny. I only did it like one time in high school and I did not realize how long it is. It's so I do still have oh my, my Messiah. I found it at my mom's house. And look, it's thick. Yeah. I was like, how did I Look. remember all of this? But mm. I was reading all my notes and stuff. It was really funny. Like no, it's somebody friends and I fucking would to each other. Yeah, that's funny. It was a good time. One's a fun time. All right, Jared. Um, let's move on to our playback pick of the week. Mine is Christmas themed. I don't know if yours is. It is. Yeah. Awesome. Take it away. So mine is going to be someday at Christmas. Uh, with Stevie Wonder and Andre Day, and I mean I don't have a lot to say about it. Honestly, it's just. It's a really good song, and their voices work together really well. So, so well. yeah, if you haven't, I think I saw it on a commercial one time, and it was like one of the few times that I like, I heard a song on a commercial and wasn't bothered by it. So I feel like that speaks volumes to how good of a song it is and how well it was done. So yeah, someday at Christmas. That is an underplayed but excellent Christmas. Yes. I agree. Yes. All right, so my playback pick of the week is going to be Fruitcake which is Sabrina Carpenter's holiday EP. And it is absolutely iconic. She does a version of her song Nonsense that is Christmas themed. And it's hilarious because those of you who have seen Sabrina Carpenter's performances either in person or online, you know, she does like these little bits at the end of it where she changes the words to whatever she can think of. And so it works really well with that song. The way she sings White Christmas is absolutely gorgeous. It's very intimate. It's very sweet. It's beautiful. Her original song, Is It New Year's Yet?, is so relatable for anyone who has been single during the holidays. I love it. I absolutely I love it. I have felt this way during Christmas, being just over family, asking why you're still single and wanting to go out with friends and celebrate the new year and I get it, girl. I, I love her for writing that song. Thank you. Thank you for, for writing lyrics yeah. to my pain. And honestly, I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, I just kind of want this year to be over so I can get a, a new start. As obnoxious as I know, a lot of people, you know, think that might sound the whole like new year, new me thing. It's like, yeah, but also I'm I'm ready. I'm quite ready for that at this point. <laughs> Me too. And yeah. someone was like, well, you can start a new year, a new you at any point. And I was like, get out of here no. with, your, with your with your sense. Yeah, I don't I don't want to hear that. I want a New Year's. But OK, so I did see a TikTok and it's been making the rounds like the sound has uh-huh. of um, all the hot girls are down right now. So if you're not down right now, I have news for you. 
But so many people have had a hard 2023, like, you know, just reaching out to friends and stuff. And they're like, this, this year has been difficult. It's been extremely hard. And I know, like, I had a personally challenging year. Some great things happened, graduated and, and, you know, put out a new single and some things that I'm very, very proud of. But there were some moments this year that I was like, ooh, I don't know if I'm gonna make it to 2020. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. Like the, honestly, the like, the first three fourths of this year for me was pretty, pretty tough to get through. And I'm like just now getting to a point where I'm like getting back on my feet. So I'm like, I just want to keep that momentum into the next year. Fuck this year at this yeah. point, you know. I just want to move into the future. Yeah, I feel like putting out the single like really got some good momentum started for me and i i yeah. feel the same way like i want to i want to keep the ball rolling i want to keep going um so yeah sabrina you're you're singing how we all feel with that is it new year's yet we are ready for 2024 especially here at playback mm-hmm. and that's a that's a creative take on a christmas or holiday theme song i think i don't I think, think i've in heard a funny way is yeah. a great way to do it i don't think i've heard a song that that really does that before so that's cool and we need more new year songs anyway yes we do um that reminds me of actually one of my favorite songs is what are you doing new year's eve um i think it's a sweet song the ella fitzgerald version is my favorite because oh ella fitzgerald version is usually my favorite i was gonna say i don't know that song but if she sang it i'll probably like i'll send it to you i think i want it on our list of covers that we might do one day oh really okay all right, Jay, I... <laughs> after reflecting on all of these songs, good and bad, do you have any tips for any Mary songwriters out there who want to take a stab at writing hit Christmas songs? Do you have any tips first? I think looking at the the modern songs and how they've put a twist on things and trying to find that angle is always good. Um, yeah. Because... With Christmas songs, people are specifically looking for something that feels familiar because they want to sing along to it. That's what most people enjoy about Christmas music. And so keeping those things in mind and and looking for the new spin, the clever take. And I also think verse refrain is actually a really good way to go. And tr- just trying to make that refrain line like really fun and really big. Um, it worked for Mariah. It worked for Mariah. It worked for Stevie Wonder. So, yeah, just give it a shot. And um, my my big advice on writing a Christmas song is start in February. Why do you say that? Because it will take that long for you to get it written, recorded, out into the world, like ready to go, artwork, the full thing prepared by Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so you want big advice is start ten months. Yeah, you want to get started early. That's true. Um, yeah. that's a really good point as far as like the structure, um, verse refrain. The other advice I probably give is even though I don't like this song, I think it does a. I, I don't like Last Christmas. I think it does a good job of establishing its hook up front. So mm-hmm. you know one that's important too. Yeah. So like one alternative would be maybe like chorus, verse, chorus bridge chorus something like that but thematically one thing i i i would probably say is write about what you know and how you actually feel about this time of year because one of the things cannot stop talking shit about this song but one of the things that i think is so egregious about christmas shoes is that it's somebody telling somebody else's story in the most in describing that person in like the most lowly way possible like describing this kid as dirty from head to toe right so it's like don't do that don't think that you know you have to write somebody else's tragic story or just anybody else's story in general i feel like if you write something that you actually connect to and and resonate with more than likely there's somebody that is going to hear that and connect to it too. Because like Nina was saying, for a lot of people, this is not always like a fun time of the year. And I, I, a lot of times I feel that way too. So maybe if you want to take a stab at something like that, I guarantee you there's going to be other people that connect to it in some way, yeah. shape or form. 
Coming back to Christmas shoes, because apparently we're just going to shit on the song the rest of the night. Good. A lot of people compare it to Dolly Parton's Code of Many Colors. And Dolly Parton is talking about her own experience with poverty. That's what makes it so powerful. Yeah. And the story might not necessarily be true, but that's what she's speaking from. And that's why that song tends to move me to tears. So tell your own story, even if it's sad. I mean, because somebody's going to relate to it. and. Just be kind this time of the year. Be understanding and um and do do some do some good. Bring some joy into the world. Oh, uh, I feel like that's a really good place to end. So yeah, go off yeah, and write a great song. We should probably leave it. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. We will see you next week where we're doing a countdown of our favorite indie songs of the year. Anything else for our listeners before we head into the Christmas season? Nope, just go out and write a great song. Go create some good in the world, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.